So welcome back. This is the Healing the Heart to Heart Connection. I'm your uh, moderator, Holly Kyle. And uh, with me this week, of course, we have Tracy Turner Kaiser, who is a licensed clinical mental health counselor, supervisor out of, based out of North Carolina. And uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into some different, uh, different perspectives this week on this Beyond the Virus series that we've been doing. So Tracy, welcome. Uh, as Thank always, you. a pleasure yes. to have you. I'm super excited about what we're going to talk about today. Um, so we've talked about parents and kids, but we yeah. really haven't talked about how the all of the virus has really impacted the couple. So I thought that um, because you don't just see kids um, Mm -hmm. and you don't just talk to uh, the parents as parents, there is an impact that attachment disorder and, and uh, trauma has on, on couples too. So I thought maybe we could dive in, in with that this week. Yeah. Great, great topic because it's, it's starting to really show, um, Taria's ugly head in the sense that now couples, parents are in the house together, full time, all the time. And, you know, there's no getting away from each other and couples issues are going to come up, um, which is not unusual. Um, Spend a little time with your loved one and shit hits the fan sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And, and the, and what's, I think what parents are noticing is the different styles of parenting, right? That's coming up. It's like, oh, well, you know, why are you letting this child get away with this? One parent might think that another one might be like, you know, just because it's easier or because it's really not a big deal. You know, one mom is like, I don't trust my kid to go down to the basement and, and, and get a hammer for dad. And dad's like, hey, no problem. Go down to the basement and pick up my hammer for me. And <laughs> you know, so there's like, there's like a difference in that's a complete like, you know, the mom's like, no, absolutely not. And the dad's like, what's the big deal? Right. And, and it's, it, it be, becomes to put a spotlight on how each parent's relationship with the child is different. Right. Mm. So we're noticing that dad typically is one that's kind of like is allowing the kid to go out and venture into the world. Whereas mom's role is more about protective and keeping you safe and learning how to do a relationship. So when you put those two together, sometimes they don't meld well together. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm just going to let him go and, and experience going down to the basement. Mom's like, yeah, and he's going to get into anything and everything between here and there, and and you're going to find things in his bedroom like a week later that you're going to wonder, like, how did that get there? Yeah. So oh. in in a perfect world, Tracy, you would think that those different parenting styles would be very symbiotic because they really um, kind of attest to to the needs. But when you throw in trauma, does mm-hmm. that really throw that off kilter? Is that kind of the you know, the spark. Right. It is because a lot of times when someone is in what I would call trauma brain, then they're, they're going to be immediately always looking at things in a defensive mode. Like, so the child's going to be like, what can I get into? How can I, you know, I see it. I want it. I take it. How do I survive? How do I defend myself? How do I create chaos so that I can live my trauma and feel connected? Mm. Um, So that's a very different mode of operation than a child going down the basement and being curious. Oh, I wonder what this is. Right. And they're going to be in a relationship mode of, I wonder what mom would say if I got this, they're they're thinking about that. Whereas the child that has the trauma isn't thinking about that. There's a disconnect, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, And when the child has spent most of their time with mom developing the relationship and mom's the one that the child has the most Ad- adversary relationship with because 
that's who teaches them about relationships. And this is what attachment disorder disrupts, right? The ability mm-hmm. to form a relationship. So then it becomes when you're in the house together, it, it, there's a conflict there, right? A lot of times. And it can, you know, when I say mom and dad, it can, it can go back and forth. But stereotypically, let's just kind of say, you know, mom's about relationship, dad's about more about, about sure. showing you the world and, and uh, teaching how to protect yourself. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh, one of the things you, you made a statement to me um, that I thought was really interesting and you know, from the aspect of, of parenting and couples and talking about how parenting interferes with the relationship as a couple. Um, and so I know that you see a lot of families, but one of the things that, that you've been noticing is the real need for the couples to come in as a couple apart from their parenting things that are happening with the child. So I'd love it if you talk a little bit more about that um, to to kind of highlight some things for our our audience. Yeah, thanks. That's a really good point. And, um, you know, life's great as a couple until you have a kid, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it's great to have kids, Um, not to, but it's going to bring out the weakest and the strongest uh, links in in your relationship, Um, particularly if you have different upbringings. Right. And even if you have similar upbringings, even if you're like, you know, you've lived in the same neighborhood, you know, next door to each other in your entire life, what, ha- you know, what it's different. There's a, there's a different quality and that's going to be highlighted um, when you begin to have kids. So that, uh, so the couple's issues is that I'm seeing come up is communication. So now, you know, there's more time and more space for communication. So there's like, Hey, are we communicating clearly? Um, I don't feel like I'm being heard. I don't feel like I'm being seen. I don't feel like I'm being respected. I feel like you're not listening to me are some of the issues that, that come up um, that I'm seeing a lot of couples uh, feel trampled on with each other. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I always laugh because, you know, couples come in, uh, families come in and, and they recognize when they come into my office that they can't just drop their kid off and go out for a cup of coffee and come back and I fix their child. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's that the, the parents need to be involved, but they're always surprised when I say, oh, so let's do some one-on-one work with you, mom, and with you, dad, and then let's do some couples work or vice versa. They're like, yeah, not sure about that. And I'm like, yeah, did you, when you came in, did you see the sign that says family therapy? You're, uh, part, yeah. of, you're part of the family. You're part of this, this, this uh, component, right? That's, that we call family. So, yeah. and each parent has their, we all have our own trauma history, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, huge, big, little, uh, messy, not so messy, but either way, we can't go through life without some sort of events that feel traumatic, that make an impact. Um, sure. Good, and those can be conflictual when you haven't really communicated and talked about them and felt heard and seen and, and understood mm-hmm. about where you're coming from and how you're communicating and why you might react or have this be a trigger or not. And so I think a lot of parents are recognizing in this time and quarantine where they're underneath one roof nonstop 24-7 with each other that some of these issues of uh, worthiness, uh, feeling uh, loved or not loved, getting your needs met, touch, contact, um, eye-to-eye communication, being able to uh, know what the other person is needing and how to communicate that. And, you know, it begins to fall apart because you get irritated, agitated. Sure. um, Feel locked in a little bit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
I was talking with a parent yesterday, a friend of mine, and she brought up, um, they have a, a dog that they've had for about a year and, and there are five people in their household and uh, her 10 year old daughter happened to be, they were having a conversation. And, and so she asked her daughter, you know, how many people live in this house? And, and the daughter says, well, there's five of us. And, and, and then the mom said, and how many people clean up the uh, the pee pad from the dog and she said the daughter said just you and and the mom said does that seem like a fair equation so i would imagine that everybody being in the house all together at the same time things just like that are really being magnified right um that imbalance of responsibility mm -hmm. if you will yeah. what is what is something um you know what are some tools that p parents couples can use to either rebalance things or at least talk about it yeah that's a good question i think the the biggest advice i've given couples is um you're on the same team you know, let's, it's, you have to recognize you can't divide and conquer here. Mm. Um, so that mom and dad are on the same team or, or mom and mom, dad and dad, whomever it might be. The parents are, are, they're on the same team. Kids might not be on the same team. We'd like to have them on the same team. But um, so that's really about, so if your spouse or partner is doing something, instead of getting defensive and thinking about, oh, they're doing that against me or how do they, they know that that bugs me. Why are they doing that? Mm -hmm. um, or I think I just asked them to pick up the pee pad. Why are they not doing that? Mm -hmm. um, and we begin to think about, you know, we, we put each other on opposite teams. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking, instead of allowing curiosity to come in and kind of go, hi, I wonder why they just walked by that pee pad, you know? And, and it's hard to do that. I mean, it's easier said than done, granted. But if we can allow ourselves to have that sense of curiosity to kind of go, this certainly is not about me. This is not, I'm not taking this personally. There must be going something on with going on with my spouse or that's making me realize that, hey, he or she completely missed that, right? So there's a level of being able to kind of go, hey, sweetie, you know, how you doing? What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, could you do me the favor? So it's a matter of like, if we're thinking about being on the same team and you, I, I always think about football, right? So if you're on the same team and you're figuring out what the play is and then you go and do the play, but then the other person fumbles it, you don't go out and kill them. You basically yeah. say, we go, let's try that again. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe this time, you know, let's do it this way. So thinking about how do we begin to just take a breath and kind of go, my beloved is on my team. We're on the same team here. So that play didn't go well. So it's a matter of like being able to have that conversation. So, hmm, what's happening here? And it, I always love um, the book, The Four Agreements, and thinking about how to, you know, really think love about that, that one. Yeah, it's a great one to be able to think about how do we be impeccable with our words? Mm -hmm. How do we not take anything personally, right? Which is the hard one. How do we not take this personally? And I realized that being impeccable with our words was really hard for me as well. It kept me quiet for a really long time, mm -hmm. right? It's like, so that's kind of like, instead of also even our thoughts, like, God damn it, why is he not doing that? Or why are they, why, you know, it's like, that's like, we, if we think, wow, you know, like if we allow curiosity and kind of go, you know, they're probably having a hard day. They just didn't see it. You know, they don't want it. And I was like, how can I help out? Yeah. And so we go from being defensive and taking it personally to allowing ourselves to take a breath and kind of go, how do I move into curiosity so that I can begin to have a dialogue with this person? instead of an argument, right? Mm -hmm. We want to have a dialogue and communication and conversation versus a defensive argument. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that you know, and I've, I've, 
you know, couples are like, ah, oh, that sounds really great. And, and it helps them to kind of shift a little bit, but it is, it takes practice. It, it takes being mindful. It takes, you know, taking care of yourself, not getting overly irritated, recognizing, you know, what do I need at this given moment? What's going to bring me the most joy at this given moment? Yeah. And then to invite someone in, right? It's like, hey, it would be really helpful. I would really appreciate it if someone could also pick up the pee pads instead of, you know, uh, you know, and not in just, and then just kind of leave it at that. And then yeah. to be able to voice your appreciation. Right. Um, so, you know, good luck with that guys. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a process. It's a process. You brought up a, a, another interesting thing, um, talking about self-care and mm-hmm. I think right now more than ever, um, self-care is super important. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of all kinds of different uh, types of self-care, but uh, how do people manage uh, self-care, A, without feeling selfish? And that's a, that's a huge topic, but B, right. when, you're, um, when you're with people that you live with, your family, all the time, it's really hard to, to find that time for self. Do you have any recommendations, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a matter of like be, really being able to um, be really honest about what you're needing and to recognize that sometimes those needs aren't going to always get met, but voicing them can mm. be a relief just in itself. Nice. To be able to say, boy, I really could use some alone time. You may or may not get it, but to be able to voice it, then your heart and your soul has put the request out, which is a huge component of what we typically don't do. We don't speak up for ourselves. We don't mm-hmm. tell people what we need and want. And our soul and our heart wants to be heard. And it's the power of being heard to kind of say, hey, I really could use some alone time. Or I, I know I really just need someone else to, to help me out do the dishes. Um, yeah. Whatever it is. Or, you know, when it becomes, when you're talking about working with traumatized kids, it, it can be even simple as like, I, I just need to be able to take a bath without the kids knocking on the door. Um, that's and, a huge uh, thing. That's a huge thing. And it can feel really selfish to, for the moms to, or the dads to ask for that half hour when you know that when you're leaving the other partner with the kids that, you know, it's not going to go smoothly mm-hmm. necessarily. And so that can feel really selfish. But if you can think about self-fulfilling yourself and how do you create that and give the invitation of like, I would really love to take a bath. And how can you and I as partners make that happen? so that you're not overwhelmed with the three kids that are tearing each other apart. Um, I'm not feeling like I can't relax in the bathtub if I'm hearing chaos or people knocking on the door. True, yeah. Um, so it's really like how do, the, how do the parents communicate with each other and mm-hmm. put out the request knowing that sometimes those requests aren't going to be met, but by putting out the request, it, it, there's a lot of relief in being able to, to put out what you want or need. Um, and then it's a matter of being able to get curious and expansive and create, creating time. It's like, okay, how about if we put a movie on for the kids so that we know that they're kind of contained, um, or we put them in the rooms with the alarms on and just say, Hey, it's quiet time. You go ahead and take, you know, take some time for yourself. So it's really about the, 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 the adults in the household, the parents really working as a, on the same team mm-hmm. to be able to clearly, honestly voice their, their needs and to make that request and then to work together to figure out how do we, how do we meet that and how do we do it with a lot of what I call sadistic compassion, 
which, mm. which basically means how do we set the kids up so that they, so not in a bad way, but kind of we set them up so that, you know, kind of like, hey, we take them by surprise. If they're never allowed to watch TV, it's like, hey, guess what? You know, we're awesome parents and we think that, you know, mom and dad need a little quiet time here. And you guys <laughs> going to be sitting in front of this television on your, on your blankets, not touching each other, watching the TV. Um, that, so that it's recognizing the parents have permission to do anything and everything at their prerogative if they're working together as a team. And as long as the kids are responding and following their directions, then however you might do it, it might not be within the norm of what happens day to day, but it might be what's really needed at this given moment with the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's super powerful. I think, you know, communication is what it keeps coming back to in, in making sure that um, everybody is is communicating with each other as parents, as a team, and then also with the children. So um, one, one final thing I'd, I'd love to, talk, to, to touch on, and that was kind of the flip side to what uh, you talked about with parenting interfering with the relationship um, with the spouse. What about when issues with the spouse that are pre-existing interfere with parenting? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and that's what I think a lot of times is beginning to show itself um, when you're when you're in when you're in the same household together nonstop. That the 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 past issues that the parents come into the relationship with their own trauma, their own abuse history, their own um, addictions, mm -hmm. um, their own patterns of how they can or cannot be in a relationship begin to sh to rear their ugly heads. Um, and that really interferes with their ability to be on the same team and parent, right? Because now we're beginning to see their attachment and relationship issues hit the fan. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where it's really critically important to kind of go. And I say to parents, hey, let me do some one-on-one -on -one with you. Let me do some couples work with you. Because the one-on-one -on -one is, let's begin to, to, to notice your patterns of um, uh, that are interfering with your ability to be in relationship with your partner to then be able to parent, right? Yeah. Um, and that, and those, that's what I think is really showing up in this pandemic right now is that, you know, because parents don't have their normal outlets, you know, to go and get a drink at the bar or to go out and play basketball with their buddies or go and, you know, go to an AA meeting or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, or for the moms to be able to, you know, do their exercise, you know, classes or whatever, that we're really beginning to see that their activation of their triggers are really are really coming up. Um, so I think that's a good time to just um, reach out and ask for some help. You know, mm -hmm. I'm available. Therapists are available. This there's no shame in basically saying, "Wow, my issues are really hitting the fan here. It's really interfering with my ability to 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 communicate with my spouse, and then then to move into parenting together." Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, good point. Good questions. Yeah, that's, that's really great. And I think, um, you know, we, we come back around to uh, it's okay that you make the call, right? Yeah. That, that you do get the help there. You know, there's, fortunately, there's not, not as much taboo around it, but uh, you know, you've got to really protect your own mental health, um, you know, whether you're a parent or not, but particularly when you're a parent, uh, because you, you can't be a good parent if you haven't put your own oxygen mask on first. Right. Right. So, uh, so I think that's a, that's an excellent point. So, um, any, any final thoughts on, on yeah. a couple issues as you know, anything there? 
I think, you know, my, my final take home message would be for, uh, is to, to really uh, notice the shame, right? Mm -hmm. To simply notice and mm -hmm. to then invite yourself to do some self-care and to recognize that it takes a tremendous amount of courage to step up and say, I need this. I, mm. I want this and I, and I, and I, I'm going to ask for some help and being, you know, we're asking our kids to ask for help and reach out to us. And if we're not modeling that for ourselves by asking, asking for help and, uh, and allowing ourselves to accept help for where our weaknesses are, then we're really, you know, then we're just blowing, we're just blowing smoke and mirrors for the yeah. kids. Right. Yeah. So I think that, um, so, you know, take care of yourselves and don't be ashamed, you know, to, to say, I feel weak, but in that weakness, there is a tremendous amount of strength to have the courage to ask for help. Love that. Love that. Well, Tracy, as always, uh, super insightful and thank you so much. Um, we want to remind uh, listeners that they can find out more about you at fullcirclefamilycounseling.com. Uh, Tracy is available to uh, work with couples, uh, families, individuals, and, uh, you know, feel free to look her up. And, and uh, if you want to extend the conversation, I'm sure she would be happy to uh, help you uh, to, to make that call. So uh, we look forward to you joining us in another couple of weeks. And if you have any questions or, or have something specific you want us to cover, uh, as always, just email us at rad, that's R-A-D, at fullcirclefamilycounseling.com. Thanks so much. Thank you, Holly.